0: Welcome to Monday Morning Mojo with me, Anna Gibbs. This is the podcast that will jumpstart your week and have you thinking bigger and moving forward with practical advice and inspiration to unlock your full potential. My personal development journey started many years ago, and it has inspired me to achieve greater personal and professional success. As your coach each week, I will share insights and strategies to help you cultivate the confidence, clarity, and courage you need to make the most of every opportunity that comes your way. Get ready to attract more, be more, and succeed more right now, right here on Monday Morning Mojo. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Monday Morning Mojo with Anna Gibbs, the podcast that really helps you to think differently and really look at ways that you can live a big life. And I'm excited today because I have a special guest with me and uh, her name is Dr. Gala Gorman. She is a licensed acupuncturist, a naturopath, and the author of What's Your Kryptonite? And she will be able to offer us some practical advice today um, and talk about some of the programs she offers for patients that reverse health issues resulting from chronic stress. Dr. Gorman helps women relieve their symptoms, restore their energy, and reclaim their superwoman status. So she is an advocate for getting to the root cause of the health issues and treating them naturally. And I love that she encourages her patients to be their own health advocate or PCP. So I am so excited to welcome Dr. Gorman here and uh, we're going to jump right in, so thank you again for joining me, and um, we're excited to get into this conversation today because I think a lot of the, the audience and a lot of our followers are women, and we're working hard to build big lives, and sometimes that comes at a cost. A hundred percent. Thanks for having me today, and I look forward to our chat today. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your ideal patient or who you tend to work with most and why they might be attracted to working with you.
1: So my heart goes out to professional women that really have put themselves out there to be successful in the um, professional world and also want to have their cake and eat it too. They want a family. They want a great relationship. Um, They're trying to keep all the balls in the air, taking care of everyone. And and they end up kind of being the last person on the list uh, to get some TLC. And particularly women, as they get to the point where they start going through menopause and start struggling with things that they were just barely managing before that point. And then when the hormones start to fluctuate dramatically, everything just like the wheels seem to come off. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I really have a heart for women struggling through that transition and, um, and want to make sure that we age well and that we don't have to look at aging as something that is necessarily undesirable. I mean sure we'd all like to hang on to maybe our 30s forever but um but there just are a lot of benefits to being older and wiser and, um, yes. and we can look at aging as a beautiful a beautiful period of time when when we maybe, finally do relieve some of that pressure cooker and can um, take a little bit better care of ourselves
0: yeah I love that what you just said because well it speaks to me personally which is why I was excited to invite you on the podcast because it's very relevant for me. I am going to, well, I'm 52 and I am determined to really make the second half of my life. Yes, I want to live to be hundred. So I'll say it's the second half of my life just starting now. And, you know, I think that there are so many opportunities for us today and there are so many reasons why you know living life uh on full throttle can be exciting but as i said it also can come at a cost so it you know i struggle with the word balance sometimes because it's hard to balance things because usually that means there's just two things that you're trying to work with and and god knows life is more than two things yeah but if oh, we can sure. create right it's, but if we could create i guess some flow and and really understand that as i said i think a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs are are in possibly even multiple businesses, they are working within their organization to make an impact, they're working to create legacies in their family and support their spouse or partner, support their children, their mom, their dad. right, the list goes on. And I think that as women, um, which today we're going to dedicate the podcast to all the women out there. so I think as women we just have to be more aware of the pressure we put on ourselves and we you and I chatted a little bit just yesterday actually to prepare for today and we talked about stress and we talked about how you know I think a lot of um, people want to sell us on the fact that we can create the stress-free life but, you and I talked about the fact that that's almost impossible. Let's so let's let's talk about that a little bit because someone listening might really need to hear this one today. So um, what we were chatting about yesterday is
1: what I believe is kind of a unique viewpoint, and that is that I don't believe we really want a stress-free life. Mm. I believe that that the myth of um, reducing stress to like minimal levels is unrealistic, that life would feel kind of blah for those of us who are go-getters and mm-hmm. um, making it happen in the world. We're too and reckless, so,
0: right? We want more challenge.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. You know, every time I get a little overwhelmed and I think I need to simplify things, you know, I do that for a short period of time and it, freeze up a little bit of extra energy. And then I've got a you know, five more things on my right. plate.
0: Right. Right.
1: And so I just think it's important for us to own that and, and accept like, Hey, I'm, I'm that kind of person and I like being out there on the leading edge. And that means that I'm going to have to deal with some extra stress And so I've got to be more aware of when that stress starts to show up in symptoms. Mm -hmm. And as those symptoms rear their ugly heads, just know that your body has just gotten to the point where it can't manage that symptom any longer. So that symptom's not new. It's just your body's sign that it's overwhelmed and it can't deal with it any longer.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: that's one of the things that I think women, when they listen to me and they try to, you know, do what I ask them to do and stop suppressing symptoms and start sort of thinking about this differently. When you recognize that by the time a symptom shows up, your body has done everything it can to take care of it. And so when that symptom expresses and you just throw some sort of pain reliever at it, some Mm -hmm. symptom suppressor at it, just know that all you're doing is pushing it down and basically telling your body, it's like the screaming child who has a dirty diaper, right? And it's like, you know, you can only plug your ears for so long that right. that diaper needs to be changed, right? right. Um, that's a toxic mess that's going to end up in diaper rash and Lord knows what else, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's a similar sort of thing when we suppress symptoms for too long. Um, all that toxicity is festering. And then what happens is if we suppress a symptom, this one symptom push it back into our body, toxicity continues building, and then another symptom shows up. Then we um, typically escalate our efforts <laughs> at yeah. suppressing symptoms. And the next thing you know, you've got this soup of unwanted symptoms that you're whack-a-moling, trying to yeah. keep under control. Been there, been there. And, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, you know, I ask patients like how are you suppressing symptoms and they really can't even tell me until I start like really pulling back you the
0: curtain. You get to and, a point of overwhelm. Yeah. Do, do you find that a lot of your patients are suppressing symptoms? I don't know if your practice is uh, exclusively for women, but a majority of women. Um, and why is that? Why do you think that as women, we ignore what's going on in our own body? I don't think that in particular is unique to women.
1: I think that our entire healthcare system Mm. is designed to suppress symptoms. Mm. We are conditioned from a very early age. I know you talk about that in your book. Yeah, we were conditioned from a very early age to suppress symptoms. That's just how it's supposedly done. And that is the reason why so many end up with some crazy disease diagnosis and it's happening earlier and earlier now because we live in a more toxic world as, as more generations sort of mix it up. We have more genetic anomalies that are part mm. of this equation that we have to manage. And we don't have a lot of control over our genetics, but we do have some control over how that expresses. Because genetics, a genetic predisposition to something tends to express negatively when, when we're under stress.
0: I saw on your website... You said that 90% of all disease is related to stress. I mean, I know I knew disease and stress were, there was a strong correlation, but 90%, I mean, that's, that's pretty sobering. Yeah. And we think of stress
1: as that stressful event. event, Like something happens, right? Yeah. Like yesterday we talked about the example of planning a wedding. Yeah. and how you're planning essentially an event that would be a use stress a good stress event but we all know that it, even good stress can kind of escalate to become you know a little too much to handle sure. but we typically know there's an end in sight we have the promise of the honeymoon and right. um, and so we just kind of hang on and ride it and and hopefully come back And get things toned down. But often what happens, especially as we get older, we encounter situations like pressure cooker kind of situations that just don't have an end in sight. You know, like we might be under undue stress for years. And uh, I had a woman just recently that I We were trying to kind of figure out what caused her, again, crazy disease diagnosis and weight gain and other um, symptoms that she had been experiencing. And she had she spent about 10 years caring for an elderly mom with dementia,
0: Mm. and it
1: was enormously stressful for her. And, um, and that is what I find in my practice that especially when women have found that their weight kind of ballooned up, like in a short period of time, it tends to be tied to some really stressful period. And then when your body gets a little out of whack, it's really hard to reverse it, you know, the kinds of things we could do in our 30s that took care of it, you know, just don't work anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, that's, I, I can relate to that statement too, because you realize aging is an interesting process, right? Because <laughs> it really is because you realize that you are getting older and yet you don't necessarily feel like you think any differently or, you know, sometimes my age surprises me at times. Right. And and then at the same time, I still think I'm very young, but you're right. The way that we, respond to things, the way that our body works or, or heals is different than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And and so we have to be willing to adapt to that and we have to be willing, I think, to be kind to ourselves in the process of trying to figure it out. And you know that example you gave too, I talk about this in in coaching also. I think when people want to make a change, when they realize that there's something going on in their life that they want to change. It's easy to start with changing the actions or the activities, right? So if they realize they've gained some weight, maybe they're going to change what they're eating or they're going to change, you know, their movement and exercise, but they don't get into really changing or exploring the root cause. And so if you don't change the way that, Perhaps you're responding to situations around you where you don't change your belief system around your, your, your body, your diet, your nutrition, your overall health, are the changes going to be sustainable? Yeah.
1: And two, um that's another thing that I know is extremely frustrating because when we're younger and and we've got that, the cocktail of hormones and ho- human growth hormone and, you know, everything that is all part of that aging or pre-aging component, we just get away with things that we can't get away with later down the road. So, you know, let's just say that you have a food sensitivity to dairy. I find that a lot with my patients and They may have been getting away with eating dairy. It probably didn't agree with them. It was probably causing issues, but their immune system was operating on all cylinders. They weren't, you know, their adrenals weren't on overdrive. And so they were managing that assault essentially to their immune system every time they ate dairy until all these other factors started piling on. And at that point now, their body can't handle the foods that it was already sensitive to, were yes, already you're, causing you're a problem. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's not like all of a sudden this happened. That's the, that's what I was pointing out a few moments ago, that by the time the problem surfaces, it has been going on for a while.
0: Yeah, and for we sure.
1: didn't just all of a sudden show up.
0: Yeah, um, it's a gradual then sudden thing, right? It's yeah. like it's gradual, right? <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. it's there. And, you know, again, I, I was inspired to bring you on because I'm, I'm, you know, going through a lot of this myself. I know that I have autoimmune issues. I've be, been becoming more aware of that and looking into the research around what to do. And I, it comes back to the gut is what I found. And it comes back to, you know, what you put in your body and that starts with food. But it's also like you said earlier about stress too, because you're, you're, you're putting that into your body as well. We can, you know, it's hard for people to understand that we can really induce stress on ourselves, all depending on how we respond to different things going on around us. For me, uh, as I'm sure a lot of listeners, for me, I know a problem I have is gluten and dairy. And it's sort of like that little fire that started somewhere in the wall, right? And then all of a sudden, it's a five alarm fire. That's the whole house is on fire. Yeah. So, so yes, I think a lot of people listening can relate to that too. But uh, Dr. Gorman, I want to shift gears slightly into okay. your book. I love I love your book because uh, the title spoke to me too. What's your kryptonite? So maybe you can share a little bit about your you know what inspired that title and uh, what inspired you to write the book. I was talking to
1: someone about um, about the book and the book had been in the works for several years and then my I lost my sister a couple of years ago and at that point. I just said, I have got to make this a priority and get it out there because mm-hmm. I just I cannot sit back and watch people, women who are literally superwoman to it, to their family and their community. and um, And they just have pushed themselves to the limit. And so I was talking to somebody about the book and kind of playing around with title ideas. And as I was explaining the whole superwoman concept and kryptonite, and he said, whoa, 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 what what was that that you just said? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, you know, you need to figure out what's your kryptonite. Kryptonite is unique to everyone. So yeah. the other thing that's kind of, I think, a great parallel with kryptonite is in the superhero movies, it's not like. Kryptonite's just sitting out on a table somewhere, right? If if Superwoman walked into a dinner party and um, Kryptonite's sitting on the middle of a table and she immediately feels her energy drained, she's going to tell the hostess or whoever is in control you know that's got to go or i can't stay right right and right. um and so uh that's There's not it's not that spy easy about it. It, yeah. it it wouldn't be out in the open that's yeah I love and that. so what happens with kryptonite is it's hidden we don't recognize it all we know is we feel our energy drained we know something's not right and we've got to get to the bottom of what that is because if we just try to artificially prop ourselves up and try to work around this kryptonite that's draining our energy then at a certain point your body will literally not be able to handle it and that's that's how you end up with some crazy disease diagnosis
0: yeah and you know i think of what you said earlier about our healthcare system about just the way that we look at i guess masking and, and just dealing with a symptom, right? Whether, you know, you have a headache, you take a Tylenol, no one really ever stops to say, well, why do you have the headache? <laughs> do you need to have, you know, do you need to hydrate more or whatever it is? Um, so, so what is different about your practice and how you work with your patients? So to start with,
1: I use a biofield scanning system that gives me information that isn't available with regular medical tests Mm -hmm. and it is essentially energy medicine you know i'm measuring the um, energy system of the body and as an acupuncturist we're trained to um identify blockages and um and where things aren't flowing easily and so I use this um, system to give us some insight, so that we have some clues <laughs> to follow. Because a lot, like I said, kryptonite's not just hanging out on your dining room table. Mm. Um, it's if you're experiencing these these issues, there is something going on, and you need to get to the bottom of it. So once we identify that, then I typically will recommend. To patients that they stop suppressing symptoms, that typically is not a very popular suggestion, but but I ask them to stop suppressing symptoms, and then we start on a protocol that is I use this uh, my scanning system to test all the supplements that we're going to use to restore the balance and the energy flow in the body. Mm. And those protocols tend to last three to four weeks. It really depends on whether or not your body can handle full doses of things from day one. Sometimes people are really sensitive. So we have to kind of escalate, like add things on as we go along. So it can take an extra week or two to get through the protocol. And then we typically take a break for a week or two and then we rescan figure out what your body's been able to hold from that last protocol and then a, peel off another layer. Like I said, these issues have been going on for a long time if you're experiencing symptoms, it didn't just pop up overnight, so you're not going to reverse all of that in one right. a, a few weeks of taking a uh, um, some supplements. Yeah. Um, I also use homeopathy and uh, frequency specific microcurrent and have, you know, a lot of other tools
0: in my <laughs> tool chest that yeah. I um, and, and have. These are some terms I'm familiar with, but okay. someone listening to this who may, who might be like, wow, what <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that all is. Uh, what's a simple, what is a simple message or, some resources that you could give to our listeners right now who, who's, who's feeling like, wow, you're really speaking to me, but I'm not even sure where to start. You know, I'm feeling that fatigue. I'm feeling that, you know, I might be under a lot of stress. I'm feeling that maybe my body's not functioning at the highest levels. What, what would you be able to share with the listener today? Who's, who's connecting with this message right now? I have several
1: programs. I have a, a class, an online class that you can go through that'll help kind of get you some more information and great. point you in the right direction. If you go to my website, drgala.com, that's drgala.com. Uh, towards the bottom of the homepage, there's a little block where you can subscribe to my newsletter. Oh, great. And every week I send out a message and I usually share some personal experience and tie it back to, you know, basically, I'm just like you, <laughs> I'm dealing with the same kinds of issues that yeah. the women in my community are dealing with. And, um and so I share with you how I deal with it. I mean, this week, for example, I started myself on a new protocol. And I often do that around the full moon, the full moon is a really great time to go after parasites if parasite activity is really? one of your issues and um that's a whole another rabbit hole we won't go down today <laughs> that's <another> so episode. <laughs> uh, so it was a really powerful full moon we had a super blue moon um yes yeah, yes yeah and so i got a headache it, it was when i get a headache it's right here and it's rare but when i get it it's right here and it's always a sign that my elimination is backed up and Mm -hmm. that, uh, toxicity has, you know, built up in my body, which rather than take something for my headache, I quickly address the toxic buildup. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that is an example of the difference between how I encourage patients to deal with symptoms versus how we normally would deal with symptoms. Normally we would say, Oh my gosh, this headache is killing me. I'm just going to take an Advil or a Tylenol or whatever it is that's going to take care of it. And then they can't understand why tomorrow the headache's not gone or, Mm -hmm. you know, because they really never did anything to address why the headache happened in the first place. And when you're on a protocol like I would put you on, you are 100% dependent on your body being able to get those toxins out because we are mobilizing toxicity that's been around for a long time. We're pulling it out of tissue. We're pulling it out of fat. And your body's got to basically... Pull that into the your system, the lymphatic system, the blood, all your internal filters, and if those are not able to move things through, then you could kind of end up feeling worse because you're basically just
0: took a took yeah. a toxin from one place and stuffed well, it somewhere and else. I know from my own experience. It was it was a couple of years ago when it really the when it got to the sudden right suddenly mm-hmm. it's all over me and the house is on fire i i can remember saying to my husband i can't quite explain this but i feel toxic mm-hmm. and he would look at me like you know what does that mean and yeah. you know i just feel like i i'm toxic my body doesn't feel right yeah. and i think that I'm not alone in the sense that there are a lot. I believe that we're very intuitive creatures. Mm-hmm. I believe that we're designed to be intuitive. That's part of our spiritual and human connection. You know, as the the spirit living in the body. Yet somehow, some way along the, along the way, we've learned to quiet that, mm-hmm. and some of us w- more so than others. Um, but but we can quiet that to where we suppress it. And, and yet then there are times when that intuition is speaking to you and you still don't know what to do next, though. Yeah. And that's, again, why I think this is such a great conversation. And when you refer to protocols, is it um, a combination of nutrition and, and other, like what does, a, I know every protocol is unique for the individual, but just to give a little clarity around what you mean by protocol.
1: Every protocol, my fatigue formula program includes four phases. And we either go through those four phases in five or six months or a year, depending on how somebody wants to approach it. Every phase is um, includes a protocol, and they build on each other. And they start with a homeopathic remedy. So homeopathy is, and it's been used for thousands of years, and it's a remedy. The medication, if you will, has been diluted to the point where there's just the energetic signature of the remedy as opposed to the toxicity of the remedy. So when you take a medication, the medication tends to add toxicity where homeopathy doesn't do that because the toxicity has been removed already. And so I also imprint that homeopathic remedy with something that helps to restore your energetic um, balance in your body. And then we'll include um, a drainer or detoxification support of some sort, um, whatever organ system in the body is um, struggling the most. We include um, something to support that organ system um, there tends to be kind of five or so different remedies to address different components mm-hmm. in this process that we're trying to initiate. And then, you know, the job really is the patients, you know, to be compliant. Um, the, I get fantastic results with patients who are super compliant. Mm-hmm. And who are really motivated.
0: There's a lesson in that too, right? We yeah, have to be yeah. willing to. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have to be and, willing. and it's not, I get it that, you know, you've got to take things things at different times. And it's a little inconvenient sometimes. And I try to, I, I have an issue with it myself. So I try to make it as practical and as easy mm-hmm. as possible. But occasionally I'll have a patient that has um, mixed results And I ask them, like, okay, tell me what you've taken and how compliant you were. And they'll admit that, well, I took this and this pretty good, but I took this only halfway. And I didn't take this because I didn't like the taste of it or whatever. Random
0: results are usually the result of random actions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so um, uh, I had a patient that she was borderline fibromyalgia diagnosis and my scan showed that she had come into contact with Lyme at some point mm-hmm. and um, Lyme's a little tricky people think you can only get it if you had a tick bite and you have to have seen the tick bite mark and and that's a hundred percent not true <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it had gone on for quite a few years and she had really struggled And, um, and so I put her on the first protocol and she was the first protocol. People tend to be really compliant, you know? So with the first protocol, we had to go really slow because she's super sensitive because of all this other stuff she's got going on. And so we had to build little by little. It took her a really long time to get through the protocol, but I don't know, few weeks, three or four weeks into it, she called me and she said, you know, I just wanted to, ask you a couple things. She said, like my aches and pains, like that's one of the byproducts of fibromyalgia is these um chronic aches and pains. They're just like achy joints and just your whole body aches. Mm-hmm. And, um and she said, like, my achiness is almost a hundred percent gone. Wow. And she said, like, do you think it could be the protocol you've had me on. And I said, well, have you done anything else? And she said, no, I said, well, then I think you could probably surmise that um, what we're doing is working. And so fast forward a few months and um, she pulled her back in the yard. And um, so it was really bothering her. And she's impatient because she likes to play tennis. She's really active. And so she went to the doctor and the doctor gave her a steroid shot. And so she admits, you know, I ended up just getting a steroid shot. It was just the easiest thing to do. And it hadn't really solved the problem. The pain comes back fairly quickly when you don't really solve the problem. And I said, and now we've got the toxicity from the steroid shot that now we've got to work out of your body. So it's a good example, I think, of what's possible And especially what's possible when you're really compliant. I have another patient that I just heard from and she has been on a protocol and we eliminated a few things from her diet. And when I eliminate things from a diet, it's not one of those like meal plans. You have to eat this. It's just don't eat this and this and otherwise eat whatever you want. Like we don't, um, calorie restriction is a race to the bottom. So, um, so that's, we don't ever worry about calories. We do need to focus on getting enough protein, but not too much protein. All the, this high protein stuff is causing a lot of damage as well, because our body simply cannot process more than about 30 grams of protein in a meal. And so when you sit down and think you're doing yourself a favor by you know, trying to pound a steak that's got 50 grams of protein in it, you know, there's a reason why you feel sick afterwards, you know, your body Mm -hmm. can't process all of that. And you've got all this fat trying to work its way through your liver. Um, Not good. But this other patient (laughs) texted me and she said, you know, I'm still dealing with some of the other issues that, that we need to keep working on. But she said, I've lost 18 pounds just in like a few months. (laughs) just eliminating a couple things that i had to eliminate and um you know when you eliminate the right things that are really causing toxicity in your body then your body frees up all these resources to be able to yeah. handle
0: other things well i've read along the way that there are things that we might ingest in our food that the body doesn't know what to do with and so you know, our, and and of course, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to say this in a very, you know, layman's terms, but in our, our digestive system, right, is there to eliminate, you know, the waste. And if it doesn't know what to do with it, it stores it somewhere in the body. And after a while, those things become fat and or what we know is fat. And so I, I'm sure that, you know, our you've, you and I talked about this yesterday, our body knows what to do. And if we give it the right tools, it can perform at a high level. So I, I, I would assume that that's really what's happening, you know, as you remove the toxins and you start to, you know, give your body more of what it needs
1: and, and to- you
0: free up resources. So, yes.
1: so to detox, to, to go back to those places that the garbage was stored mm. and to pull that out and work it out of your system you're going to need some really targeted help to do that. And you've got to reduce the toxic burden on your body so that your body has extra energy to be able to. So
0: I just had a thought. So to use the house on fire analogy, after you put the fire out, right, there's debris to clean out. Oh, a mess, right? Right. There's debris to clean out of your body. So I know that um, something else that I read in your book, that is similar to what I say to people, you refer to, you know, basically saying that this is your life, this is your body, and you you're the CEO of that. Like you have to you have to empower yourself to take charge. And you know, I think that um if there was something I, I would like the audience to take away from today's conversation is however you decide to go about it, whether it's to contact you and and work with you or or whatnot, but it's really about take control, like take a stand for your own health. And if you don't feel well, there's a reason. That's an awesome reminder.
1: I think, Anna, imagine a CEO. I mean, your audience, many of them can imagine that they probably right. are in that sort of situation, right? Yeah, or in some type and, of leadership role. Yeah. Some just kind of leadership role. You're not trying to do it all yourself, right? You're, you've got people that are experts in their own fields, but you don't blindly just trust whatever they tell you, you know, when, when they're telling you something that's not resonating with you, that feels like there's something maybe a little off. Aren't you going to get a second opinion, pull in another person, great minds, like, you know, collaborate and come up with the best workable solution. That's what I do with my patients. I don't want to, tell them, you have to do it this way, because there's no way I could know every little piece of kryptonite they're encountering in their world. I want them to start recognizing for themselves potential sources of kryptonite and then come to me and say, like, do you think this could be contributing to the problem? Like, let's
0: figure this out together. I think there's a big part of who you are that is an educator, and that is another thing that really resonated with me. It, it it comes out very clear and very loud through your writing and your website and all the resources you share and talking with you is that you know empowering and educating your patient is very important to you. I can't be there all the time,
1: and there are so many factors to consider that. I absolutely have to have my patients help. I cannot put a patient on a protocol without their buy-in and their feedback. Right. Um, so this
0: collaborative process. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know I just shared what I would like for the listener to take from today, but what would you really, to to sum it up, what would you like for the listener to really walk away with today? The most important thing you can do is
1: stop suppressing symptoms. And the way to start is to recognize all the ways that you are suppressing symptoms. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that can be as benign as a couple of cups of coffee in the morning because you just can't get going without it. Or that can be chronic headaches that you take Um, some sort of pain reliever more than once a month, you know, I mean, I might take a pain reliever twice a year. Mm. Um, And so if you're taking a pain reliever regularly, you are suppressing symptoms 100%. If you have issues when you eat, and you have to take some sort of digestive support of some sort, that's a, a symptom reliever, a symptom suppressor. and um, and it's a sign that what you're eating, you is not agreeing with your body, right? And um, and that could have to do with long-term damage that needs to be healed. And if there's long-term damage that needs to be healed, that's even more reason, to give your body some rest from all the onslaught um, so that it can actually do that. The human body is 100% a self-healing mechanism. And if we just get out of the way, um, Uh it will get the job done. It might take a while, you know, if you have to completely regenerate things, some things take a really long time to regenerate, right? But it will, your body can heal pretty much anything.
0: Dr. Gorman, I could talk to you for hours. This has been such a great conversation. I trust that really the audience is, is getting fed today, you know, and really has um, hopefully given themselves an opportunity to take some personal inventory of their health and for all of you uh, who are listening again the book is what's your kryptonite manage the toxic stressors threatening your superwoman status and that is uh, available on amazon i downloaded mine on kindle so you can um, find it wherever you normally buy your books but for for those people in our audience who would really like to connect with you or learn more through you, um, how how else can they find you and connect with you? So the easiest way to do that is go to my website
1: drgala.com, D-R-G-A-L-A dot super simple and if you scroll down the whole homepage as you're on your way down there you'll see a link to the book, so that's, um, that's easy and then go close to the bottom, there's a form to just Put in your name and email address and you'll be subscribed to my newsletter that I send out most weeks. And then a little bit below that are little all the little social badges. So you can find me on whatever your social channel of choice is and okay. um and follow me that way as well.
0: That's great. And no matter where anyone lives in the country, you have patients from all over the country as well. I do. I do. Yeah. I don't
1: uh, work too much with people where I can't mail them things
0: as long as I can easily mail stuff to you. No problem. Cool. Well, thanks again for your time. This was a great conversation and it's so important because whatever we're doing to create opportunities for ourselves and others, Through our career, through our personal life, we can't neglect our health and and really our body. And so this was very meaningful for me. So I appreciate you being here. And um, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people who have been blessed by this conversation. So thanks again. Glad if I could help. Thanks again for having me, Anna. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for joining me. I trust you got exactly what you needed here on Mojo. And if you find value in this weekly podcast, please subscribe and share this with your friends. And don't forget to invite them to join our Facebook group, Monday Morning Mojo with Anna Gibbs. It's a great place to hang out, and we know we need more positive places to get together. All right, thanks again, and I will see you soon.